worship team. That was fantastic. I always liked that. They look it up. I, always, I, always, I don't know why that always stuck out to me. Look it up. You're not supposed to say that, but you do on Christmas. All right. Well, we're in a theme called God with us, and he is. God is with us, so what should we do? We should know that he's with us. Well, here at Bethany, one thing we're going to invite you to do, if you've seen God with you, could you share that with us? If you go out into the uh, fellowship area, there is these pallets that are up there and there's little cards on there and you can start reading. People have already started writing down where they've seen God with them. And so I'd invite you to write out your story. It, it just has to be short and you don't have to put your name to it. Um, if you want to, you can. Just to let us know how God is with us. Well, today we're going to be talking about how God is with us and he's our prescription for a broken world. And I'm going to tell you a story about something that someone in my family did. Now, normally, if I tell you a story that has to do with my family, it's always with permission. I did not get permission to tell this story. So it's a little bit dangerous, but I'm going to tell it anyways. I was sitting at home, I was in the, in the living room, and I was reading a magazine. And I was just reading through it, and I'm, 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 I'm nearsighted. So I took my glasses off, just set them down, and I started reading, I was reading and reading, and then I got done reading, and I picked up, the glasses weren't there. And so I started looking around. I looked around, I looked by the chair, I looked around the living room, I looked in the bedroom, I looked in the kitchen, I looked everywhere. These glasses were not found, and it was getting late, I'm getting tired. Uh, I'll look for the glasses in the morning. Next morning, I got up. I found the glasses. They were under the dining room table. Bolt, our dog, had found my glasses before I did. And he had taken them, taken the lenses out. And uh, this is how I found them. They were like this. Now, Bolt doesn't know how to wear glasses, so he just chews on them. And so there they were. All right, so Bolt is thrown under the bus this morning. I had to then call my eye doctor, and I said, Doc, I need new glasses. Can you give me the prescription for my glasses? Like, actually, Mr. Carlson, you have not seen us for a while. We cannot give you that prescription. You're going to have to come in and see us to see if your prescription has changed. I'm like, great. Now i got to buy new glasses, and i got to take a day off to... You know, go to the doctor. This is just a mess. But here's what happens. If you, if you go to the eye doctor, they don't give you the glasses that you want or the prescription that you want. They give you the one that you need. They put you in front of the little machine. They flip, is this better? Is this better? Is it, you know, we've all been there, right? They, they flip and they shine lights in your eyes and it hurts and it's no fun. But they, they give you what you need because that is what good doctors are supposed to do. They give you what you need. Today we're going to be talking about the prescription, the prescription that we can have, the prescription, maybe not the one that we want, but the one that we need. And that's what we're going to be looking at. I would invite you to turn to the book of John. We're going to be looking at uh, John chapter 1. It's not a typical Christmas story. It's not a typical Christmas passage. If you're looking for angels and shepherds, you're going to be disappointed today. They're not in there. But... 
it's, there's a reason why John wrote this out the way that he did. And we'll be looking at John chapter 1. I'll be flipping to a few other places as well. So if you have a Bible, I would, I would invite you to have that out. And some of the verses will be on the screen, but not all of them. I believe that's God calling. You need to listen, all right? So you can hear what he has to say. So um, to get into a little bit what, what it is uh, that John, what was going on, what was he about, why did he write the way that he did it might be good to have a little background on what the other books are, how it contrasts, how it's different. The book of Matthew was a connection to a Jewish audience. People that were Jewish might have wanted to know these things. And it has, in the first couple of chapters, it's got a whole lot of names. That unless, Even if you're a Bible scholar, you probably would have to look up where these people came from. Maybe not all of them, but many of them, where they came from. It, for a lot of us in this room, we'd probably say, well... I don't get it. It's probably important, all right? But it was important for that audience, the Jewish audience. Mark, the Gospel of Mark, doesn't even, it skips right over, you know, all of Jesus' life, right up to when he starts his ministry. It starts with a prayer, an overnight prayer meeting. It, it, there's a miracles. Lots and lots of people are around. There's healings. It's, it's uh, action. If you want to find out about the, the action of Jesus, you would you should look at Mark. In Luke, Luke was written by a physician. It's got a lot of details. It covers the logistics. How how uh, they found a place to stay. There's that's the manger. That's the angels, the shepherds, and it has facts for a skeptical audience. These are the details. If you were to research and find out why, so. Some of us, we like having all the facts in a row. And Luke was written for those of us that want to make sure the facts are accurate. John, he gets into maybe the heart of the Christmas story, the why behind it. Why did this all happen? Why are we still talking about Jesus 2,000 years later? That's why John was written. Our world, our world is broken. Did you notice that yet? Have you looked around? There's more things wrong than are things right. And at least that's what it seems like in so many places. Because of our broken world, God sent his son. Out of love, he sent him. He is our prescription for our fallen condition. He's the answer for broken relationships. He's the answer for broken existence. With all the things wrong in our world, we need a Savior. John tells us who Jesus is, what he did, and what it means for us. So, in your program, there is a, a outline. You can fill that out. It might be helpful to help follow along this morning. But we'll be talking about who Jesus is, what he did, what it means. But first, who Jesus is. I'm going to read John chapter 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. John begins by telling us who Jesus is. He highlights how Jesus connects us to the 
the entire rest of the Bible. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Kim gave us the illustration of how Jesus not being just a slice out of the Bible, it goes from top to bottom. Like if you, top of the tree to the bottom, that's where you can find him. If you could read Greek, you would discover that the Greek Old Testament, its first two words are identical to John's first two words. And it's translated, in the beginning. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's Genesis 1.1. In the beginning was the word. So, in the beginning. John is, on purpose, helping us understand. This Jesus we're going to talk about right now, it, it takes you back to Genesis. John also wrote the book of Revelation. It takes you to the very last chapter of Revelations. Jesus is everywhere. If you want to understand how God interacts with our world, if you want to know God's prescription for our fallen condition, if you want to know how, why things are broken and how he intended to fix it, you cannot do that without Jesus. So in the beginning was the word. A question I had to ask, and you might ask it as well, why did John use the word for his description of Jesus. There's Jesus the Christ or Jesus the Messiah. There's Emmanuel, God with us. There's all these different descriptors that maybe they could have used. In this case, though, he calls him the word. Why the word? Well, you might say the word is how we get to know one another. If you were to spend, if you were to travel, if you were to go, if you were to drive down the street and you saw someone at the stoplight, you might look you know, next to you, and you might see someone. You might even know them, but you would not say you really know what's going on with them unless you what? You exchange some words. You talk with them. If you go to the, the work Christmas party, you might see a number of people there, but you're not, wouldn't that be fun? You could go to the work Christmas party, but unless you talk to people, you're not going to know what's going on with them. So, we, we're called, the, Jesus is called the Word. The, the root for word, or the, the word um, in Greek is logos, and it's the word we get, our, it's the root word for how we find the word logic. And it really does make sense that he would use that word, that was the basis for logic, because Jesus is what ties it all together. Without Jesus, there's a lot of random, there's a lot of un- unknowns, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of how does this all fit? You put in Jesus, it ties things up, it wraps things up, it puts these things together. More details in John chapter 1, 1 through 5. We're told that he's eternal. We're told that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. He, he was with God, and he was God from the beginning, from before time. If you have a friend that's a Jehovah's Witness, this is one of those passages you could probably walk them through to help them understand. Well, the Bible, if you, if you want to base anything on what we understand, it has to be found in what the Word of God says. And the Word of God says He is God. He is eternal. He is our Creator. He gives life. And it's not limited. It's for all mankind. He gives life. He breathes into and gives life for all mankind. Do you know someone? Do you know this person? This person that's in darkness? Have you met this person? 
Next time you go to a, a store, you're at the checkout, look around at some of the faces that you might see around them. Does it seem sometimes that people have just been drained of life? Students, as you're going through your, your days, you're walking through, you walk through, you know, a passing period happens and you see how many people are just missing out on life. There's a, a lot, this is a, a huge issue in our world. Think about the homes that we go by. When we leave here today, we're going to go buy a bunch of homes. We don't know what goes on behind those doors, Right? What, what is going behind those doors? What are they dealing with in these places? Could they use more light? Could they use more life than what they have right now? I would say so. John, the, the Apostle John, is an incredible writer because he's able to so, be so concise in his word. You probably remember 1 John 4, 8. God is Love. So he just, like one word, God is love. Can, can you put God in one word? John can. God is love. He is life. God is, Jesus is light. Jesus is all those things and he is what our world needs. He's the prescription for what we need. Perhaps instead of saying someone that we know needs life, or someone we know needs light, we could honestly look at ourselves and ask, do I have life? Do I have what I need? He is the true life. He is the true life. There is no substitute. None. He's that for all mankind. I remember a couple of years ago, I, I was at my son's school party. And you sign up, if, if, if you have kids, you know how it works. You sign up for whatever you want to bring. So you bring different things. And I said I would bring the chocolate milk. Oh, I'm, I was running late, which is, that's pretty normal. So I was, had to run to the grocery store. Ran to the grocery store and have you ever tried to pick out something at the grocery store that you don't normally buy? There's like, everything is there. So I went to the milk section and there's like all these brands of milk. And there's different milk fat percentages and there's different things you can do. So I just, oh, here's one that costs like a buck less. I'm just going to buy this. Okay, so I bought it, went through the checkout, went to the party. All right, set it out there. And I, I bought, instead of chocolate milk, I had bought chocolate drink. Have you ever seen chocolate drink? They sell it. They should not put it in the dairy section because it is not Dairy. It is awful. Okay, I challenge you, buy chocolate drink one time. One time is the only time you're going to. You pour yourself a glass, you'll take one sip and you say, that is not chocolate milk. You'll know it. And I'm sure the teacher looked at me and said, oh my goodness, he's trying to save a dollar and bought us chocolate drink. But that's what I did. All right, so you, you, it, if you've ever gone through life and you're like, this is not working, this is not adding up, many times it's because we've substituted this for that. And that's something we should, we should keep in mind. I think it's really good that we keep in mind that even one tiny sip would do well for us. I think for, for right now, let's just pray for a moment. Can we pray for Sammy? Let's do that. All right.
Dear Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for um, Matt and Sammy. Lord, I just pray you'll watch over them. And um, we just lift up Sammy this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So our Jesus is our true light. He is our true life. Any substitute for that is false advertising. It's not true. And the promise of whatever it might save us, the effort, the, the whatever we think we're going to trade, we're going to trade, right? We do that, right? We make bargains. We trade, I'll just do this and I'll get that instead. It's, it won't, I'm not really, but really, we're, we're buying chocolate drink when we wanted chocolate milk. So our Jesus is the eternal Son of God. He is our prescription for our broken world. What did he do? What did he do? Let's look at a little further down in John. John chapter uh, 1, 6 through 8. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. So he came to us. He fostered a relationship with the world. And he is this incarnation, this thing of God came down to earth. That's Philippians chapter 2. You might be familiar with that passage. It says um, he was a servant. He was humble. He didn't expect us to go to him. He came to us. He gave himself up for us. Now I skipped over... John 1, 6 through 8, because I didn't know how it fit. They don't seem to fit in this passage, so I just skipped over them. But I've come to realize that the prescription for a broken world would be missed if we do not look carefully at those verses as well. If you read John 1, 6 through 8, it talks about John the witness or John the Baptist. How does that fit into this book, and why is it included? Well, John wrote, John the Apostle wrote the book of John. And most people think that he wrote it when he was older, probably well into his 80s, maybe even later. And so Jesus had ascended into heaven maybe 50 years earlier. And I, I sort of think that John the Apostle, he spent his whole life living this stuff out, sharing it, um, writing things. He wrote um, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. He wrote the book of Revelation. He, he did many things. But he always, I think he always thought Jesus would come back. And so I'm just going to get really busy about doing the stuff I need to do because Jesus is coming back. And I don't need to write this stuff down because I don't need to. Jesus is going to come back and get us. And then near the end of his life, I think he realized, man, if I don't write these things down, if I'm the eyewitness of these actual events, I've got to write them down. Sort of like our cards that we have out there in the fellowship hall. Who's going to remember that those things happened? If we don't write them down, if we don't share those stories, what happens to them? They're, they're gone. They still happen, but they're, they're gone. So John wrote out this story, and he, was, I'm going, he said, I'm going to be that witness. I'm going to be that person that's going to remind people this stuff is real, this stuff is legit. John the Baptist is interjected. It's like we're talking about Jesus, 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 and then all of a sudden, here's this guy, 
telling about it. I'm going to include that because it is so important for people to know this witness is something that needed to happen. God's plan from the very beginning to the very end was that people would share his message with the world. That's what the intent was all on. John the Baptist would come in and he would share that story. So that's what we're told about John the Baptist. And so that's, that's what happens. That kind of is uncomfortable, though, to think about. Because if, if John did that, John the Apostle wrote it and he did it to share. And John the Baptist lived it out. Perhaps that means we might need to do that as well. Have you read about this John the Baptist guy? He wore camel claws. He lived in the desert. He ate locusts. When was the last time you had a good locust? I don't know about you, I don't get excited about any of that stuff. I've never worn camel in my life. And yet, that's what we're called to do. We're called to be that witness. We're called to be that in our world. And I think there's a pretty big gap between where we are and where John the Baptist is. So I'm going to try to make that gap just a little bit smaller this morning. So how do we inject life? How do we share this life with our world? So there's, there might be four ways. First off, we can try to live like Jesus. Think about how he lived. He lived this humble life. It wasn't all about him. Maybe we could try to live a little more humbly. We all know people that don't live that way. Instead of looking at them, look at ourselves. How can we live a little bit more like that? Could we be generous? We're rich. We really are. How could we be more generous? People will notice these things. Second thing, could we be more grateful? Could we count our blessings? Every single one of us in this room has blessings like crazy that we have just picked up along the way. We miss them. We take them for granted. And yet that might be something that we could do to share with the world because the world would say, you know, why are these people different? They're grateful for what's going on. Third thing, maybe we could start praying for our world. Starting with the people in our own homes. If we would start praying for the people in our world, I am convinced our heart would start changing and start bending towards them and start thinking, how can I share this message in a way that they can hear it? Oh, that would be good. And then after we get outside of our own home, maybe we can start sharing that with a few of the people around us that we know need to hear this message. There are those people, right? Those people that you meet every day. And, and finally, fourth, can we start sharing them? Sharing these words. God always intended for this message to come to his world by people sharing it. I am convinced that we will hear that still small voice start speaking into us and we start saying, I think I'm supposed to say this. Maybe I'm supposed to get that gift for angel tree. Maybe I'm supposed to, you know, be at the event. I don't know what it might be, but as we listen, as we get better at listening, he'll start, his voice, his still small voice, becomes to be a little more clear. We can be the word to our world. So the prescription for a broken world is to bring Jesus to it. And that points to what Jesus means. So the last line in, in your program this morning is what Jesus means. I'll read the, the final verses from this passage today. 
he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. I think the world didn't recognize him. The world had baby Jesus right there with him, but the world didn't recognize him because they were looking for a different picture of God. The God of the Old Testament lived on a smoking mountain, right? That's where Jesus or Moses met God, on this mountain that was smoking. There was this pillar of fire. Wouldn't that, okay, next Sunday, Pastor Kim, I think we should have a pillar of fire. Let's schedule that. It's going to be, don't park in the lower parking lot next week. It'll be a fire. No, um, it would draw attention. But that's kind of what I think we're looking for, is we're looking for this dramatic thing. How did God come to us? He was a baby. You ever held a little baby, like one of these little ones that are like this? They're like this big when they come out. They're like really small. And if you hold them, and you, you, like you lean over your head, you can like smell the top of their head. And I wouldn't smell every part of them, but I would smell the top of their head. They smell really good. Um, being human did not diminish God. Okay, did you hear what I said? Being human did not diminish who God is. What he did is he, he just basically said, I'm going to be God in human form. And if you were God in human form, this is what would happen. Where I would go through the same circumstances and I would struggle, I would fail. He showed us how to do it and do it right. Jesus coming to us as a baby meant that he was soft. It meant that he could be hurt. It even meant that he could be hurt deeply. He exposed himself to injury he went from undefeatable strength to something that anyone could damage. So this human Jesus, think about what he went through here on earth. There was disappointment. Things didn't work out the way that he wanted to. Can you imagine being on trial after three years of life with these chosen disciples and then they did not right in like in eyesight of him they denied him three times that would be disappointing what about betrayal by one of his own people his own disciples what about sunday palm sunday you're the best jesus like five days later crucify him we hate your guts that's rejection how about unanswered prayer have you ever had a prayer that went unanswered? Like, like something you really tried by faith. I'm going to pray really, really, really hard. And then it didn't happen. Think about what happened to Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, if it be your will, take this from me. And we all know the answer for that question, don't we? What happened? That's an unanswered prayer. If you've ever faced deep betrayal, life 
rendering rejection, crushing disappointment. I'm not talking just about a bad day. I'm talking about life-changing, falling short. If you've ever prayed that prayer and it didn't happen, something even good that didn't happen, then I think we know just a little bit more about Jesus. He made his dwelling among us and he shows us how to live this life. So how might we bring this to Jesus? How do we live with this prescription in a broken world? I would say it comes, and this is the final thing that's on there, grace and truth. We can bring grace and truth into our world. And from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Maybe we need to know a little bit more about his grace. So what are the titles of Jesus? In the book of Isaiah, we're told that he's many different things, but one of the titles is he is our counselor. He hears us and he knows us. He's our counselor and he has faced rejection. He has been wronged. He knows when we've gone through those things. If you have had these unanswered prayers, so is Jesus. Go to him. He is our counselor. Maybe the peace is missing. He's called the Prince of Peace for your financial situation, the unanswered questions, the Christmas expectations that have not been met. He can give those that peace that passes understanding. Whenever we have wrong or someone's been wronged in our relationship, a gap forms. An insult is something that happens. And the biggest gap that ever happened was between us and God. A huge gap formed. God's grace through Jesus Christ is covered because of him. Maybe we need to know more of that grace. Jesus is the only bridge for that broken relationship. There is no chocolate drink substitute. And then there's truth. We need some truth, don't we? How, does it, how do we become right with God? God doesn't leave us guessing. How do we get right with him? He tells us in God's word. He clearly explains. This is, this is kind of a big deal. This is how we'll do that. Are we living that truth? When he speaks to us in that still small voice, are we listening? Are his desires becoming our desires? Can we honestly say that when God speaks to us his word, we, we leap at the opportunity to do that? We know he loves us and he wants more for us than we possibly could want. Are we living out that truth? Have you noticed it gets dark really early? Really early. Like 4.30 in the afternoon early. That's really early. I like it way better in the summertime when it's like 9.30. But right now it's 4.30 and there's a lot of darkness around. And I'm not just talking about darkness and light. It seems to like crushes us, right? We're more tired, we're out of energy. This picture was a picture from hunting season of 2017. And for me, this was a really, it was a kind of a dark time. It was a dark time in my life. It wasn't good. There's some unanswered prayers going on. There's some, I don't know, hurt. But I can also tell you, I learned more about my relationship with Jesus in that season of my life than many, many other seasons that I've had besides that.
And this is a morning, I think it was, I'm not sure which day it was, one of the mornings of hunting. My son and I were out on this ridge and we could see the sun. You'll, you'll never believe what it did that day. It came up. <laughs> it did. True story. And there's a picture. That's, you can just barely tell. The sun came up that day. And he does that every single day. He comes up and he says, I'm light. I'm life. I would love to be that in your life as well. So, this Christmas season, God is with us. It is Jesus. It's what he's done. He's the word. He's, it is what it means. It's, it's, it changes everything. I would invite you, ask yourself, ask God to show, show you who is Jesus and invite him to show you more of what that means. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your word. You are the word, but we thank you for the word that reminds us to live and be a certain way. Lord, I thank you for your son Jesus that opens eyes to the way we might live. I thank you for that, Lord. I also, I thank you not so much that for dark times, I, I don't thank you for that. Maybe I should. But I thank you how you show up in those dark times to help us know what is next. I give you Bethany Church, I give you the people of this church, I pray that we would be some of the ones that hear clearly what you're trying to say and to the, for each of us, we would take and figure out what that next step is for each of us. It might be different for each one, but I pray that each one of us would be able to take that next step for what is, what is required. We thank you for Christmas, Jesus. Amen.